It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's the first special guest show for What's Good Radio. I welcome in Eugene Faison, a.k.a. the Angry Knicks fan of YouTube fame, to get his thoughts on the New York Knicks' 2015-16 season, Kristaps Porzingis' possible Rookie of the Year campaign, whether Carmelo's wearing down and if he might leave town, and Phil Jackson's plan for the future, and also his first-hand look at why he says the Golden State Warriors will smash the Chicago Bulls' record of 72 wins. All this and more coming up on What's Good Radio right now you're listening to ngse sports radio what's really good ladies and gentlemen welcome to what's good radio the weekly podcast where we try to find out what's really good in sports entertainment and more oh good for you hosted by jake stanley and featuring jordan jones yeah he's the guy up at lifetime fitness that hoops with sweatpants on (laughs) marcel ayers I hate the notion people like, I'm not black, I have no color. Are you kidding me? Dan Meehan. Because you're not bad enough to go get yourself a kick-ass prospect, and you're not good enough to really win anything. And Montel Hardy. And even if he doesn't do a whole lot better than Cutler, I think we can pay anyone to go out and turn the ball over three times. This is What's What's Good Radio. Jake Stanley, a.k.a. Jelpsic Spider, the worldwide web slinger for What's Good Radio, and I am on with Eugene Faison, a.k.a. Billy the Angry Knicks fan. You've seen his stuff on YouTube. A couple years ago, he got a lot of play on Grantland. Shouts out to them, obviously. Unfortunately, they were closed down by the gods, the powers that be at ESPN, another in the long line of great ESPN decisions. But really glad to have him on with us. He's going to talk Knicks basketball, being a Knicks fan in the heart of Pacers country. And Kristaps uh, Porzingis and his surprising play this season. So first off, how you doing, sir? Hey, man, I'm doing good, man. Thanks for reaching out. Oh, no problem. Okay, I got to ask, first of all, like, I watched most of your videos. I still come back to, that, uh, to the Mike Woodson video just because it, it struck a chord with me. And um, <laughs> talking about compete competition and, and really, really getting in there to play. So obviously you're a passionate Knicks fan, but a lot of those videos, I think all those videos were shot in Indianapolis, which anybody who's watched the Winning Time documentary knows that Knicks and Pacers have that rivalry going back a ways. So what's that like being a Knicks fan in the heart of Pacers country? Uh, actually, it's fun. It's actually fun because these guys, you know, blue collar town. I'm here because, you know, of course, I'm in the military. My job purposes have me here. And, but it's kind of fun, man, being like the villain amongst all these Pacer fans. You know, that deep rivalry between the Pacers and Knicks. Every time the Knicks are in town, I'm at Banker's Life. I'm getting yelled at, but at the same time, it's all love. So it's kind of fun. 
Now, those last couple of years, Knicks games at, uh, at Bankers Life Fieldhouse haven't been that good for you. Do the Pacers fans, are they cool, or do they kind of give it to you like a little bit a little bit worse than, than they should? Oh, it's both. It's, both. it's 50-50. It's fifty fifty. Uh, you know, you got you got you got guys like you know, we got Pacers fans like Knicks fans. They remember the robbery from back in the nineties and everything. And, you know, is basketball is good when you have those two teams like the like the robbery they had in the nineties, that's good and relevant again. And it's good for the sport, it's good for basketball, it's good for the fans. Like I said, man, Indianapolis blue collar town, these guys are passionate about their about their Pacers, man. And, you know, Playoffs a couple of years ago, I was there at Game Six, screaming, yelling, talking all kind of stuff, and you know we went on a nice little run until you know uh, Hibbert met Mello at the rim, and after that I just kind of sat down in my chair for like the last five minutes of that of our season, and you know Pacer fans remember me, so every time I go to Bengals Life, they're still laughing at me the way they remember me. It's all love <laughs> though, back and forth. Now I've been checking uh, checking your YouTube account. And I noticed it might just be to do with this season, but you moved away mm-hmm. from the Knicks a little bit. And uh, I know you did a couple of videos on the Pacers a couple of years ago, just after the regular mm-hmm. season for the Knicks ended. Are you putting up anything lately? Or are you still gone with it? Um, I haven't really been angry, angry. You know, I haven't really put. I need. I'm. I'm. I'm going to get back into the videos. A lot of people have been asking about the videos. But I haven't really been angry like years past because of the direction, the effort, and what I see in with the team. But yes, I am going to get back into the videos. The people have been asking for the videos, and you know, uh, I got I got to keep going with this little this journey. So the videos will be coming back. No, for sure, man. And I've been looking forward to it too, because I mean, the stuff you talk about with the Pacers, the stuff you talk about with the Knicks. You know basketball, I can tell. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Love it. Talking about the direction that the Knicks are taking, you put up the video about you going to the draft. You were there at, at the with the Knicks Nation at the draft up in the second deck there, Radio City. And mm-hmm. when David Stern called out Christoph Porzingis' name, you could tell that everybody was, I mean, from disappointed to just outright upset. And honestly, me, I was... I saw it, but I didn't think it was the right move. Now we're in a quarter of the way through the season. He's averaging 14, almost 15 points, just under nine rebounds, just under two blocks a game, right up there with Carl Anthony Towns and with uh, Jaleel Okafor. And it's probably right now, if you had to end the season, it will be, be KAT and Porzingis for Rookie of the Year. What do you see in his play? Well, first off, I gotta get something off. Not actually off my chest, but because I, like I said, I did the video when we were there at the Barclays. You know, I kind of knew, like right before Silver came out there and said the pick, I knew. Uh, right when the number three pick came out, when uh, um, Okafor was announced, I saw on my Twitter that you know the Knicks were gonna, in fact going to draft Porzingis. And right, I made the video, but here's the thing. Everybody was like, you guys boo this kid, you boo this kid. The Knicks fans really didn't boo the kid. They booed the decision. Because any NBA fan knows, especially all Knicks fans, we don't have a good history of drafting European players. 
and nobody's going to be real hype for, for, you know, a kid that you've never seen before. It is like, you know, give him a chance, give him a chance. But, you know, that's just, it's just, it is what it is. Nobody's going to be happy over somebody they don't know. So we blew the decision. And, you know, of course it felt like, you know, we was booing him. And it is what it is. But I have to tell you, I'm humbled. I'm ecstatic. And I felt like we got the steal of the draft as far as the top four four picks of the draft or whatever. Porzingis is like, he he's... First off, man, his parent he he has a good upbringing because he's a humble young man. That's a testament to his parents. Okay, the kid, the kid is he, he he like he has no fear in him. And as Nick fans, we should applaud him because he wanted to come to New York, you know. And he was he was he was selling that he wants to come here. He wants to accept the challenge. And right now, he has stepped up to the plate like any other rookie we haven't seen in a long, long time in the NBA. Uh, 7-3, very versatile, soft hands, nice jumper, inside. He has to work on his fouls. You know, he gets in foul trouble from time to time. But, uh, I mean, he's a real solid player. And it looks he's the kind of player that can take a lot of load off Carmelo. As you know, when Carmelo gets the ball, it's a lot of one-on-one ball. And, and you know, the Knicks in the past used to look at him to, to put buckets, uh, put points on the scoreboard. We don't have that now. And and the Porzingis, along with a follow, I think, is really helping Carmelo out. And and that's what I see with the young man right now, man. But he just looks flawless and he has no fear. And I think he's just really I think he's just enjoying the moment right now. And honestly that's that's a lot to say because New York always, you know, it's a spotlight town. It's not the easiest place to play, especially for a rookie, especially for a rookie with a lot of expectations placed upon him. And like you said, he's handling the pressure. Well, a nineteen-year-old well. rookie, not even from the United States, and it's, it, it, it says a lot. True, true. I mean, this is like it's probably not his first time to the country, obviously, but it's his first time living right. here and in a city like New York, where you can get into a lot of trouble real quick. It seems like he's handling very well. And I, I noticed, I checked his stats earlier. His fouls were, I think he was at four fouls a game, and that's dropped to three. And that was about, a, that's in a month's time. So playing the position he's playing, that's a big thing to see. Now, Absolutely. For Carmelo, he right now, I, I, he's carrying a lot of the load too. And I checked his stats as well. 21 and a half, seven boards, three assists. The assists are, I think, highest in a couple years. But it's his. This is a career low field goal percentage for him, and his third lowest points per game, lowest since 2004-2005. Is he? He's only 31, but is he wearing down, or is he, is he carrying too much of it? Since it's you know it's him, Przingis, and then you got a Flalo, Calderon, some kind of mid-level players around him. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think he's wearing. I mean, he's 31. I mean, everybody's going to start. You know declining a little bit in their game. Um, but I think he's still trying to get his legs up under him as far as that knee surgery that he had last year. Um, and it, it takes a while to have knee surgery. And it takes a while to, you know, get get your legs back up under you the way you was prior to the injury. Um, but I also think he's trying to change up his game a little bit as well. Because, like I said, he doesn't have to carry the load as much as he used to in years past. Um 
you know, he's trying, as you see, his assists are up. He's still rebounding a high margin. And, you know, he doesn't, I, he, yes, he doesn't have his legs up under him, but at the same time, he's not efficient. And he needs to get back to that. Probably more post moves or, or more playing in the post. Start relying on his jumpers a lot. And that's affecting his numbers. And it's also affecting the team play as well because, I mean, the team is going to go as far as Carmelo goes. So hopefully we can get better early part of December. But I think this three-game road trip right here is going to tell a lot about this team. Now who's on that road trip? I'm sorry? Who do you have on that road trip? Oh, well, I th- uh, tonight is Utah, Phoenix, and Sacramento, I believe. Okay. So it's three running, three young teams, three running teams, especially your Phoenix and Sacramento team, with Rondo looking like he has a nice little resurgence out there. So, I mean, it's going to tell a lot. The Knicks are on a bad road team this year, but with our recent struggles, losing six out of eight, uh, I, think, I think this three-game road trip is going to really show the identity of this team. Now, if you had to look at the team right now and make a judgment call, and I think I haven't been able to see TNT in the last couple of weeks, but I know the guys were a little bit higher on New York this year than they have been previous years, obviously. If you had to look at the team today, would you say that they could make the playoffs in the East the way it is this year? I said they, they could. They could. Um, you know, right now, you know, there's like 10 teams in the East right now with above 500 records. Right. So... It's like a, it's a lot. It's a lot of parity, and the Knicks are only two games below 500 themselves with 10 wins. The Knicks could be a playoff team, but they have to play consistent. And right now, they're kind of like they're Jekyll and Hyde. Like they'll give us two great ga- two great games, and then we'll have three mediocre games. You know, there's no consistency right now. There's no sense of urgency from these guys, and it's like you see a lot of sense of urgency from this team when they're down by double digits in the fourth quarter as opposed to coming out with the, coming out uh, into the game with that same sense of urgency for all four quarters. So they have to be consistent. And that's like players and coaches as well. With the Pazinga's draft pick and it being 2016 next year, free agents are going to hit the market. What do you think Phil's plan is? Is he going to try and go after somebody big name? Is Carmelo up on the block, do you think? What's Phil's What's Phil's plan for the going forward for the future? I don't think Carmelo's on the block. I mean, he has no trade clause. We paid him all this money five years. I know a lot of Nick fans. They're mad at Carmelo for some reason. I don't understand. A lot of Nick fans are not mellow fans, and I'm not understanding why. Because this year, since he's been in New York, is the very first time the team has been solely tri- built around him. You know, they tried to start a Mario Carmelo experiment. It, it just didn't work. It didn't work. And this is the very first year that Phil has tried to put it around him. Melo says he has bought in. He's always bought in Phil's plan. I don't really know who he will go after. I'm not really not one of those fans that's going to jump on the, you know, the Kevin Garden, uh, Durant trade or, you know, free agent, whatever. A lot of big superstars. Phil's never tried to build a super team, you know. Um, but he always had a Batman and a Robin on his team. You see what I'm saying? Right. But uh, he's never tried to build a super team, but you never know. He, I think he's missing that one piece, maybe off the bench. 
you know, maybe that veteran. And I'm thinking he might do something during uh, the trading deadline this year. I'm not sure. But um, we, we there's still there's still a couple of pieces missing, especially off the bench. Is there anybody – I know Clay Anthony early, me being a, a Missouri Valley guy, I got to see him play on the other side for Wichita State. I'm kind of surprised he hasn't been as good as he was there. Yeah, um, there was a lot of comparisons Clay Anthony early when he got drafted, Tim Hardaway Jr., which uh, I was – myself, I was happy when we traded Tim Hardaway Jr. because I just think – from college to his second year, his, his 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 play was just the same. He didn't get better. He didn't get worse. He was just there, you know. And Clay Anthony early is right now, he's kind of in that same – he's kind of in that same mode a little bit, except he's not getting as much um, development on the, on the floor and during games as Tim Hardaway did. And – you know, actually, uh, Clean Anthony is kind of near my hometown in New York. He's from Middletown, from Newburgh. And, um, you know, he was real good at Wichita State. Actually, borderline great oh, at yeah. Wichita State. And it's kind of, it is kind of surprising that he hasn't gotten that much developed. But, gift and the curse, he did get drafted by the Knicks. So, the Knicks really don't have time for developing young guys because we're trying to turn this thing around so fast. You know what I'm saying? So... It's kind of gifting a curse for him, but I hope he does. You know, I'm kind of rooting for Clay Anthony early. No, me too, me too. Because like I said, I watched him play in person. I was at Bradley; he was at Wichita State, and he killed us. You know, straight out, I'll yeah. say he killed us. <laughs> but definitely, you don't want to see a talent like that lose lose his way in the NBA. Absolutely. Real quick, could you give any comment on this whole Derek Fisher, Matt Barnes thing that went over in the summer? Man, okay. Um, I don't think it has. I guess you know during training camp, of course, you know Derek Fisher flew out to California to uh, supposedly see his, his kids or whatever who lived out in California at the time. And I guess you know him and Matt Barnes' ex-wife is having a relationship. Uh, turns out that somebody supposedly texted Matt Barnes while he was at training camp. Because uh, Memphis had training camp in, Sa- in Santa, Mon- Santa Monica, I believe it was, about ninety miles. He drove. He left training camp and just drove straight to the house. Right. Um. Then I heard it was a little scuffle. Um. You know. No charges were filed or nothing like that. But you know, it was just it was just weird because the next day I was on my phone because you know I had to keep up with the Knicks Twitter that right. Derek Press Derek. Fisher was missing practice for personal reasons. Then a couple of days later, the story comes out. I don't think it has nothing. To, it's not affecting the team or nothing like that. It just felt like it was weird, right? And kind of bad timing, you know. Because one thing the Knicks don't need is a distraction while trying to rebuild this this new image or whatever. You know, as you know, a lot of the fans are saying, trying to build the culture or rebuild the culture of the Knicks, right? Right, I don't think it's. Go ahead, man. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a huge distraction. No, no I didn't think so either. I was just. It was just such a weird story, and you, and you being the Knicks guy that I know, I wanted to see what your what your thoughts on it were. Not even a take, just like how it made you feel when you heard about it. I mean, I was just like, you know, hey, if 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 
and it's your ex-wife, Derek is going through a divorce or is divorced. I mean, it is what it is, Matt Barnes. I mean, you just had a video talking about how you was going out with Rihanna. Right. And then a couple of days later, and then the next day she said it was not true. So why are you tripping on somebody <laughs> is messing with your ex-wife? I mean, but it's Matt Barnes, man. You know, he's had, a, he's had, I don't know, I guess VH1 does that to you. I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. All right, just out to the NBA on the whole like you said, we brought up the East has ten playoff, ten teams with records above five hundred. After years of being the team, you know everybody would say, "Oh, if this team was in the East, they would have made the playoffs." The Suns, the 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 Grizzlies, I think one year were in there, and now the East right. is markedly better than the West. Do you think it'll finish that way? Will this trend continue, or is there just kind of something in the water this year? Um. I think the East has been mediocre for the, like the past three, four years. You know, we have at least what two teams in the past three, four years below 500 to make the playoffs. And I just think it's starting to balance out. I don't think it'll continue to stay this way, honestly. And I don't think the East is nowhere as good as the West. That's just my personal opinion. Okay. Especially like last night, I actually went to the game when Golden State was here in town last night. Right, right. And and they put on a show, and I'm telling you, guys in the West are going to be battling just to probably try to avoid Golden State, right? You know, and with it in the East, guys are just battling just to get in the playoffs. So I think the West is is far more competitive than the East, but you know it's kind of early. Like I said, it's early December, too early to tell. We got ten teams. Above 500 in the East, I don't. I personally don't think it's going to stay that way. Fair enough. And it looks like you know Miami is one of the teams that people are looking at. Dwayne Wade is playing the best he's played in a long time. I don't yes, know, he is. I'm not sure if it's sustainable because I haven't I haven't seen him like a full game yet. Mm-hmm. I, I was just surprised. I knew they had Justice Winslow, they had Dragic, but I was and Whiteside of course. But I was surprised to see Wade make this kind of comeback that he's made. I think they're a little deeper than they used to be. And, um, you know, I think that has a lot to do with it. I always said I think Miami is going to probably going to be that one team in the East that's going to compete with Cleveland or probably, like, overtake Cleveland in the East, if, okay. if so, just because, just because of, uh, you know, what they did in free agency and, you know, the draft pick. They got Winslow. They got Joe Green, who's playing great for them lately. Um, you know, Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade, he's, He's playing hard. He, uh, you know, he's he's playing good. Now, how durable he's going to be, like in February, March time frame, we have to wait and see. But, um, you know, I mean, what they missed the playoffs like one game last year, and that was you know, without a Chris Bo- healthy Chris Bosh. Right. I mean, without a healthy Chris Bosh with the blood clots, glad he's doing better. But, um, I mean, we'll see. But I think Miami is going to be the the top uh, the class of the East. Okay. Now you said the Warriors were in, uh, in the play of the Pacers last night, and there was gotta check the score once because everybody played up that game as the team that probably would beat them, and then it was 50, exactly. 50 to twenty eight in the second quarter. Oh my gosh! It was like they went on that twenty two nothing run, and then it's funny because I told a fan, I was like, "How do you give up sixty points at halftime and you're still down by nineteen? It was just." Unbelievable, man! What I saw from Golden State, and I had to go see it in person. Right. 
And, you know, a couple people at the arena was like, yo, Knicks fan, the Knicks ain't here. I'm like, yo, I have to come see this guy <laughs> in person. And Golden State is the class of the NBA right now. I mean, and it's unbelievable that the Spurs are 18-4 and four or whatever. But Golden State, I mean, what the old cliche, to be the best, you got to beat the best. Be the champ, you got to beat the champ. And right now they're at the top. They're at the top of the league by far. Oh, for sure. Do you think that they could catch that Bulls record, 72-10? and 10? I said they was going to win 75. 75 games? Wow. I think they're going to win 75. Luke. I mean, Man. they're blowing out teams, and they're not healthy, not 100%. Harrison Barnes has missed the last few games. Uh, Clay Thompson twisted his ankle last night. But they have – I think the, team, the reason why Golden State is so good – one, because they play team ball and they're unselfish. And two, they have fun. They just have fun. You know, it's not a lot of bickering. It's not a lot of, you know, like I said, everybody's out for their own stats and like that. These guys have pure fun out there. And they have they have a little core that's been there for a few years now together. And... I keep preaching that in a lot of Knicks groups I'm in because, you know, Knicks fans, we're one of the most impatient fan bases in the world when it comes to when we, we, we see something we don't like, we want to get rid of the person so quick. Oh, Derek Fisher's rotation sucked. Fire him. Oh, Carmelo went eight. Carmelo went eight for 21. Trade him. We've been doing that for the past. We've been doing that for the past 13 years. Firing guys, getting rid of guys, switching guys. And we have no core. Carmelo is the only person on the team right now who was th- who was there during that fifty four win season we had three years ago. Three years ago, right? And he's the only person there, you know. And this, you, to be good in this league, you gotta have a rapport, you gotta have consistency, and you gotta have you, you gotta have longevity within the core of your lineup. And when you keep firing guys and switching guys, you're basically rebuilding. Every time you do that. And that's why the Knicks have been garbage for years. Can't say because that. There's no, there's no structure. There's no structure. And so that's why I say fans just need to relax. Man, every time something doesn't happen, get rid of this guy. Get rid of this guy. Okay, you get rid of Fisher, who you want to bring in? You, you trade Carmelo, who you gonna, who you going to want? And I'm so sick of these trade rumors with Carmelo. Carmelo has a no-trade clause. Shut up. He's not going nowhere. All right? Because in February 2010, when he was here, everybody was throwing pom-poms, throwing confetti and everything. You knew it. you was getting when Carmelo Anthony came to the Knicks. You knew you was getting a score-first guy and a banger. I'm so tired of people comparing him to LeBron James. Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James are two different basketball players. All right. When was the last time you seen, besides Matty Johnson, when was the last time you seen a guy at the number four spot lead the league in assists? Carmelo is not going to lead the league in assists. He's a power <laughs> forward. Shut up. <laughs> so, I mean, Knicks fans, we're the most bipolar fan base in the, in the, in the league. I couldn't say it any better than that, man. One last thing. On your first video, the first video that put you 
put this whole angry Knicks thing on the map. You said right at the end, and uh, excuse my language for anybody who's out there listening, Patrick Hewitt Patrick and Jeff Van Gundy, if they ever ask you to come back, pull out your dick and piss on them. <laughs> Patrick's with the Hornets right now. The Hornets are doing all right, but will the Knicks bring Patrick Hewitt back to coach in any capacity? It's a shame that he has never got a call to come back. I don't know if him and James Dolan are still beefing. I have no idea. But it is a crying shame that we have seen Patrick Ewing and a couple of different NBA benches as an assistant coach around the league, and he has not been called up by the year. Hurt, like I said in that video, that's almost been out, put out two years ago today, or two years ago this month. Herb Williams right. was on the bench. Herb Williams, and we can't. Patrick Ewing? No. It's 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 a shame. It is a shame. He could help Porzingis out. Right. He could he could he could help Kevin Serafin out. Footwork. Fifteen foot jumpers. Why isn't Patrick Ewing an assistant coach? You know what, Pat? We love you. Do what you're doing in Charlotte. Because if that was the case, we would have been had Patrick Ewing back in New York. We love him. You see, every time he comes on a road game, uh, every time out we show a clip of him or yelling his name. Patrick Ewing is the most beloved Nick to ever put on the uniform. Wow. And that's a lot of Knicks to come and through, man. Bernard King, Willis Reed, Patrick Ewing is the most beloved Nick. And we can't even get, we can't even call him and ignite. I mean, we got, we brought Isaiah Thomas back twice in New York. That's true. And he buried us six feet deep at one time. <laughs> you know? That was rough, man. That was rough. And we can't call Patrick Ewing? Stop it. All right, man. I appreciate the time. As always, hope to get you back on in the future. Hopefully definitely talk about the Knicks and the playoff hunt the next time I come through. Anything else you want to say? Oh, man, no. Just, hey, thanks for reaching out, man. Uh, had a blast, man. Anytime, brother. Anytime, man. Uh, more, than, more than welcome to do it again. Uh, no Knicks, man. Knicks fan base, man. Just be patient. We're going to be okay. Um, we're going to be okay. Let's stop trying to get rid of everybody, man. We want the Knicks to change their culture. Our fan base, we need to change the culture as well. All right. I know we say be patient. I know it's been 40-plus years since we had a championship, but it's not going to come over tonight. Let this team trust the process. That's all I'm going to say. Trust the process. I've been humbled. Hey, everybody else, man, let's just trust the process. We'll be okay. All right, y'all, that's Eugene Faison, a.k.a. Billy the Angry Knicks fan. You can look him up on YouTube at Eugene Faison, F-A-I-S-O-N, and follow him on Twitter at Fasho2K, F-A-S-H-O-2-K. Thanks again, man. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Absolutely, man. Appreciate it. Have a good one. You too. What's 
Good Radio is a production of Grown Man Business Incorporated in conjunction with NGSCSports.com and Aerodynamics Entertainment. You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.